0: This is Film Welcome to the show. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back. Today's going to be a little different. It's just me today. Patrick is not here. We had our bachelor party last weekend. Everyone's quarantining out of precaution. And so, it's just me. We're going to hang out, see how long I can talk, see how long you can stand me. The funny thing about this is the original concept for the show was just going to be me. I don't really like other people getting in the way of my ideas or my things, but um, I need it. I need people to bounce off my ideas. I'm not very entertaining by myself, but we're going to see how this works. But like I was saying, the original concept was this. And I was just thinking about this, like how did we end up at the show as it is today? Um, Originally, I wanted to do reviews because I think that's more current and current, maybe more interesting for some people. But um, I landed on doing talks about old movies because I think movies in general take some time to brew they 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 develop context they develop subtext they've developed uh, texture and meaning over time and so that's how i landed on the format that we are today um and i'm just glad that everyone's listening and enjoying it i know the show is like still taking shape and i just appreciate everybody listening still um, we'll start with that and i'm doing this episode today from the encouragement of friends who told me that i should keep going even if it was just me and i appreciate that so much uh friends and listeners alike. So last week we said we would have another episode, but we had a bachelor party and that was a hell of a lot of fun and we didn't make time for an episode. So let's do some talking. Um, obviously, all my, well, a lot of my friends are film nerds. So we watched some movies while we were in Joshua Tree. We had a really nice house and uh, we hung out, ate some snacks, drank some beer, chewed on some mushrooms. Some of us, not all of us keep that in mind and um we did some cool shit we watched some cool movies one of them was the wedding singer i don't know how you feel about the wedding singer i love the wedding singer personally it's been in my life for a very long time i love what adam sandler is doing in the wedding singer he has this like earnestness this uh psychosis adam sandler is an amazing actor i don't know how you feel about him i love adam sandler so we kind of kicked the weekend off with this vibe we're all it was a group of like soft men, I would say. We were all open and honest and loving. And it was just like a really welcoming environment. It's felt like the appropriate movie to kick off. So as we like made our way into this weekend, my friend Sergio, who also encouraged me to do this episode, Sergio has like the best taste in bad movies. And he just has excellent taste in movies in general. And so he started throwing things on and it got a little weird. Um, the first thing he threw on was House, the 1977 Japanese movie from Nobuhiko Ubayashi. And if you've never seen House, it's one of the weirdest things you're ever going to see. It's cartoonish. It's pornographic. It's psychedelic. It's strange. I couldn't even tell you what the hell the movie is about, but I know it's worth watching. Not really my thing. I like a movie kind of makes more sense. It's purely like a psychedelic experience, at least to me. I think there's like some cultural, political context behind it. I don't understand it. There's a piano who eats people in-house. Really cool shit. We didn't watch the whole thing. It was kind of a weird vibe, especially for people who are tripping a little. Um, But we had it on. Another movie we watched. And then we moved on to Team America. Team America, haven't seen in a while. I wanted to do like a reassessment of Team America. I want to do an episode on Team America because this is an interesting movie. I think Matt and Stone and Trey Parker do really interesting things, especially in the contest context of South Park. They just do provocative shit. They're they're always like it, it's just current. And it's ab- abrasive and it's controversial, but it's something that makes you think. You can't not think about what Matt Stone and Trey Parker are doing whenever they come up with something like a uh, Book of Mormon, South Park, Team America. Anything they're doing, there's always some kind of cultural context, uh, satirical quality to it. And I haven't seen Team America since it came out in 2004. I don't know the ways in which it's aged. At the bachelor party, we had it playing in the background, and I don't know. It seemed pretty funny. It seemed like offensive in some ways. Maybe it is problematic. I didn't do a full reading, a full 2021 assessment on it, but there were some funny scenes. One being my favorite, probably, moment of the weekend is the moment where Gary, the main character in Team America, is talking to his love interest, and he's trying to convince her to sleep with him. And um, she says, I cannot, I can't do that unless you promise me that you'll never die. And he looks at her straight in the face and says, I promise I will never die. Maybe feelings are feelings because we can't control them. But I have to control them because I can't go through losing somebody again. It's too painful. So, so what you're just going to shut down. I really like you. There's no chance we can ever be together you could promise me you'll never die you know i can't promise that if you did that i would make love to you right now i promise i will never die and it's just something about the ridiculous of this like the understanding like all these guys watching this movie understanding this moment like he, yeah of course he said that I don't know. It was a good moment. We were dying, rolling tears down our eyes. One of my favorite things about the bachelor party. Um, and then she got real weird. Sergio threw on last year's. I think it was last year. Psycho Gorman is the name of the film, and this is a movie that was crowdfunded and produced, and it's incredible very power rangers power ranger-esque vibe a lot of cool costumes uh a lot of cool character design strange ass movie not sure what it's about either uh basically a, a a girl a young girl gets control of this psychopath killing monster and and violence ridiculousness and a bunch of weird shit ensues it's gory it's funny it understands what everybody wants out of a movie. I think it's a lot of fun. Check it out. I think it's on Shutter right now. He also threw on The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Really fun story. A friend of ours was watching it, tripping the fuck out. We go up to him. We're like, how's it going? And he says, the colors of this are amazing. And as we all know, it's a black and white movie. I guess there are some colors to it. We also watched The Killing, Stanley Kubik's first, which is incredible. If you watch The Killing, the confidence of that movie for well, I think it's his first movie. I think he might have had a, like a couple of short or small projects before that, but The Killing is incredible. The confidence in the blocking, the framing, the story, that last shot. Excellent movie. We also we also watched The Alpinist about a free solo climber and I didn't watch the whole thing seemed like a crazy story. Those things kind of get me excited to see how like, psychotic someone could be and how daring and adventurous and fearless someone can be. I saw Free Solo. If you've seen Free Solo, it Free Solo, looks like a very similar movie. And I think the most interesting aspect of Free Solo is the kind of exploration of the relationship between the character, or I guess a character, he is a character, the main character and his girlfriend, and kind of how careless he was with the relationship because risking his life all the time. Um, So those are some of the things we watched over the weekend. I thought I had a really good time watching all this stuff. It was kind of playing in the background. We had a really good time. Like I said, it was just a great environment to be around. I want to say thank you to all the guys who came. We've had a blast. We bonded. I think our relationship has gone to the next level. Thank you, gentlemen. I'm sure you're all listening right now. Um, But like I said, we're quarantining this week. And since we're quarantining, I had a chance to... Catch us on some things that I hadn't seen in a while or things I wanted to watch. I wanted to talk about the things that I hadn't seen before that I watched this week. Because typically I watch a lot of movies. And I don't know. Sometimes I don't watch as many as I would like. This week I got to watch, you know, up to two movies a day, which doesn't happen for me a lot. But I wanted to talk about some of the things that I watched over the week. Um, today I watched Panic Room from David Venture, the 2002 film with Jodie Foster and Kirsten Stewart. Kristen Stewart. Um, and it was excellent. It's a great movie. This is nonstop suspense. It's very Hitchcockian. Uh, there's a scene that's like very suspenseful, suspenseful where Jodie Foster is running for her cell phone. It sounds stupid, but just the way it's executed, the fact that the sound cuts out, the fact that it's in slow motion, you need to watch this movie. This is incredible. This is two hours of David Fincher flexing. He does this long shot where the camera passes through the handle of a coffee pot. You can tell he's just like, check me out. It's amazing stuff. Highly recommend Panic Room. If you haven't seen it in a while, get back to it. It's probably in my top five Fincher now. I also watched Eternals, the Marvel movie. I want to say, okay, it sucked, but it was better than I thought it would be. Is that enough? Should I say more? Sure. Okay, my least favorite part about a Marvel movie is the third act. It's always like some CGI-saturated third act. It's like action, somebody saving the world, blah, blah, blah. I mean, we know what it is. Eternals is two and a half hours of the third act of every Marvel movie. God damn. It was long. It was sort of confusing at points. It was boring. A lot of great actors gone to waste, which is a shame. I wish that movie was better. Uh, A Great director gone to waste, Chloe Zhao. Although there was, like, really great things, the way it was shot. The camera really gets in these characters' faces, like, unlike any other Marvel movie. Ultimately, like, it was disappointing. I'm kind of nervous about this next phase of Marvel movies. I haven't seen the new Spider-Man. I hear it's great. Hopefully this redeems it. I think we all have Marvel fatigue. Can we please move on? Another thing I watched was The Lost Daughter, Maggie Gyllenhaal's directorial debut. I loved it. I thought it was confident. I thought it was intriguing. I thought Olivia Coleman killed it. I was worried that I would get Olivia Coleman fatigue because she's kind of a quirky character. Not in this movie, though. She's doing like really special stuff. The camera just kind of sits with the characters and lets them work out, work out their emotions. And we get a lot of story from those emotions that they're working out just sitting there. It's really interesting. Dakota Johnson is fantastic in this. I, she was unrecognizable to me. And Olivia Coleman is, well, I think she just upped her game. She's someone to look out for, and I think we all knew that. Another one that I returned to was Night on Earth, the 1991 Jim Jarmusch movie. It's like an anthology about cab drivers and their passengers. I like Jim Jarmusch. I returned to this movie because I had just watched Dead Man for the first time, which I think is absolutely amazing. Johnny Depp. I have so much to say about Johnny Depp. I'm going to save it for an episode when we do a movie with Johnny Depp in it. I have a lot of thoughts to Johnny Depp. I'm going to save those, though. Anyway, back to Night on Earth. I used to love this movie. I like the Winona Ryder portion of this movie with Gina Rollins. I think there's really strong acting happening there. I like the storyline. I like the fact that Winona Ryder basically turns down the career as a movie star. Um, I like her confidence in her, her life situation. It's a really good portion of the film. I think that's the strongest thing in the film. Uh, the second portion, the second sequence with Giancarlo Esposito, which is Gus from Breaking Bad. I mean, he's great. He's playing pretty much the same character he does and Do the Right Thing, which is not not a negative thing. Those are two great sequences. This movie takes a hard hit with Roberto Benigni. The guy is a pain in the ass. He's a, he's a, he's a beast. I can't stand him. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know if you remember Roberto Benigni, but he is tireless and tiring. In this movie, he's going off on this monologue while a man has a heart attack in the back seat. That's exactly how I felt. Although it was effective, it was insufferable. But there's a few other good things about it. Give it three stars. might want to visit this movie. I love James, Jim Jarmusch. All his movies are worth visiting. This one, you know, bottom five probably. I also watched Perfect Blue for the first time. If you haven't seen Perfect Blue, it's an anime from 1997 from the same man who did Paprika. His name is Satoshi Kon. He did the movie Paprika. And Perfect Blue is something that everybody talks about. Well, not everybody. Cinephiles talk about Perfect Blue. I feel like people have been talking about it a lot as of late. I'm not sure why it's coming up again. But I saw all the influences that people have pulled from this. I saw the things that David Lynch has pulled from this. This movie is a lot like Mulholland Drive. I saw what Darren Aronofsky has pulled from this. There's a shot for shot. uh, I guess he stole shot for shot. The sequence where uh, if you've seen Requiem for a Dream from Aronofsky where Jennifer Connelly's underwater, and she screams underwater. There's bubbles coming out of her mouth. Shot for shot, that's from Perfect Blue. I don't know. It's pretty incredible to see all the things that happens in this movie. It's kind of confusing, very scary, bizarre, unsettling. I got copycat vibes, the 90s movie with Sigourney Weaver, Um, and Drive vibes. This is a very good movie. I would recommend this to anyone. Um, Perfect Blue, check it out. I also got a chance to watch Magnificent Ambersons, which has been on my mind since we did the Royal Tenenbaums episode. Magnificent Ambersons is a movie from 1942 directed by Orson Welles, a man whose movies I have not seen enough of. I've seen Citizen Kane. I know all about Touch of Evil. I haven't seen enough of his movies. Obviously, he's a legend. People like talking about Orson Welles. This movie, I saw what everyone was talking about. It feels contemporary. The humor is just, it's tight, it's funny. Um, it's done doing the same thing that Royal Tenenbaum's is doing. It's, it's playing with this upper class world where people act kind of uh, lowbrow. They don't carry themselves with dignity. It's a really interesting portrayal of this family, the Magnificent Ambersons. Um, and the main character, and can't remember his name, but very funny character. I would recommend this movie to anyone. It's black and white. Some people don't like that. Fuck off. Watch this movie. Another movie I watched is The Tender Bar, Gerard Clooney's new movie. (sighs) Disappointing. Sorry. Anyway, this movie is just pawning off these lines that are supposed to be wisdom. Performances are okay. It's just, it's a middling movie. It's a middling movie. I'm sorry. Um, Ben Affleck's performance is pretty good. I don't know what to say about it. It was kind of boring. Yeah. Ty Sheridan puts in a very... I don't know, lazy performance. He was really good in the card counter because he was just like this strange, kind of naive character in this one. He's just trying to play smarter than he he, he seems that he is. I don't think it was a good fit for him. The movie's about a writer who's not, well, who thinks he's not very good and the movie's based off a memoir of this writer and I mean, maybe he's not a very good writer. Sorry about it. It was okay. Don't watch it. I also wanted to talk about last year in movies because it was kind of important to me. I mean, when it was a year of recovery, we got all these great movies that had been put on wait for a couple years. And I thought we got just a ton of good movies toward the end. Um, some things I wish I had liked more, but my top 10, I think is solid. Like I, I loved all these movies and I want to talk about them. I think it's important to celebrate when you have a good year in movies and let's do it. So my number 10 of the year was Inside by Bo Burnham. And if you've seen this, you know what it's like. It's a comedy special, but it's also deeply inventive. It's strange. It's heartbreaking. It's relatable. He's exploring this world that we're living in now where we're all quarantined. We're separated. We're isolated. We're sad. We're lonely. He's going through all these emotions, and he's going through them in real time. It just feels honest. It feels raw. It feels relatable. Bo Burnham he feels like a genius in this. I was never in his to into his comedy before. It's it's a comedy that I don't quite get, or um maybe it's just, you know, after my time. I don't know. But this one really struck a chord. I was watching this with Patrick and we were just in awe of what this guy was doing. There's a sequence where he's waiting for his 30th birthday to come and he's staring at the clock, waiting for midnight to happen, and this whole musical sequence happens. Um Just talking about it doesn't do it justice. Watch this movie. Really good shit. My number nine of last year, Summer of Soul. Questlove's documentary debut. This thing is electric. It's alive. The vibe is amazing. The music is amazing. There's a whole Nina Simone portion that everyone should see. This got me singing Everyday People by Sly and the Family Stone for a week. Sorry to my fiance. She hated. Well, she didn't hate the movie. She hated me singing that song for a week. My number eight. Candyman, the Nia Costa remake of the 1990-something Candyman. Um, I haven't seen the original in a while. I mean, I know it's good. I remember watching it. I remember liking it. I remember it haunting my nightmares. This remake is solid. People were saying that it's on the nose. I don't think it's on the nose. It's juggling a lot of things, yes. I think it's juggling them with grace. I think it's kind of balancing art, police brutality, uh, black art in general, um, it's it, it's dealing with the trauma. Uh, it's dealing with reliving trauma because of black art. It's dealing with all of these things. Um, I don't think it's leaning too heavy on any of these subjects. I think they're balanced really well. I love the ending sequence where Kenny Mann just rips through these police. Excellent work. Everyone looks great in this. Really good performances by Yahya abdul can't remember his full name anyway, everyone looks fucking great in this movie. Great performances great movie. Check it out. Number seven, I'm on seven, right? Yes, Shiva Baby. Don't know what to say about this movie. It's a comedy. feels like a horror movie. It's about s- sex work, I guess. It's about an awkward situation that we may have gone through. It's a little bit queer it's It's excellent. It feels low budget. It's quick, which I like. I like quick movies. It ends on a really awkward note, which I do love. Just feels different. It feels fresh. I recommend this. Go watch it. My number six, Dune. Y'all know what Dune is. You probably saw it. I loved it. I was in awe. It was crazy. I was worried that Timothy Chameley wouldn't be able to hold hold his own in this. It's a big movie. It's a big part. He's kind of a little guy. He killed it. I thought he was great. Oscar Isaac is great. Javier Bardem, excellent spitting on that table. That's all I needed. And he just walked out after that. It was fine. Great. We need more Zendaya. She's coming up in the next one, hopefully. Number five, The French Dispatch. The Chamolet double feature. I watched these movies both in the same day. He was less good in this. Still a strong character. Francis McDormand killed it. Everyone's killing in this movie. This feels like a new phase for Wes Anderson. He's doing different things. It's his anthology. It's quick. It's hard to keep up with. It's uh, I don't know it's a it's alive it's kinetic I feel like he's doing a lot of new things stylistically that you might miss he does this thing where he does where where a scene will freeze and the camel will move through it but it's like fake frozen people are still like moving around you can see that you know they're holding their positions it's really interesting he hasn't done that stylistically before there's nudity which is new to anderson but very tastefully done excellent looking movie love this thing there's a whole animated portion a lot of cool new things i hope anderson goes more in this direction it feels like a new chapter for him and i'm excited to see what he does next watch that my number four power of the dog jane campion new jane campion so i've been re-watching all of jane campion movies excellent director excellent storyteller she does this thing where we're living with characters in the wake of their trauma she doesn't address the trauma she just lets you figure it out by what they do what they say what they wear it's all really dense character work and you have to be observant you kind of have to be a smart viewer when you watch the movies and power the dog is no exception performances are great across the board with this story is really interesting People are still trying to figure this thing out. It's kind of a puzzle. I think I got it. Maybe we'll talk about this eventually. Maybe it's a little too contemporary. I think you're going to need to sit with this one for a while. Excellent film. My three of last year. Come on, come on. Mike Mills' new film with Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin is putting in work. It's a good movie. Gabby Hoffman. Excellent. I love Gabby Hoffman. I want to see more of her. She's great in girls. She's great in this movie. God damn what I love to see her in something like this again. This movie is like poignant. It's emotional. It's it's so satisfying. I love the relationship that's developing between the kid and Joaquin Phoenix. I love the interviews that Joaquin Phoenix has with the kids in this movie. It feels truthful. It feels real. It feels enlightening. I love what kids have to say. And I think this speaks especially to a man from a generation where kids were seen and not heard. So that really hit me in all those sweet spots. Really cool stuff happening here. It's in black and white. Really great looking. I mean, I can't say enough about Mike Mills. He's, he, does, he makes some of my favorite movies. 20th Century Woman. It's amazing. Beginners. Amazing. Just, you know, watch the thing. Watch the thing. Number two, Green Knight. David Lowry makes great movies. They're slow paced. They're kind of intoxicating. They're meditative. They're, they're strange. I don't know if you've watched A Ghost Story, but if you haven't, watch it. It's not for everyone. His movies are not for everyone. There's a, mo- There's a scene in Ghost Story where Rudy Mara eats an entire cake. You might have heard of it. Really strange. Green Knight has some really interesting editing has some really interesting sound work. The sound design in The Green Knight is excellent. It looks great. It's like being on an acid trip. If you haven't had acid, just watch The Green Knight. It's close enough. My number one movie of last year. I love, love, love this movie. Janixa Bravo's Zola. Janixa? 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 Janixa. Janixa Bravo's Zola. This movie is about sex workers. It's about these girls going out, trying to make some money, having a crazy night, Coleman Domingo plays this pimp-like character, and he's basically two people. It's like a Jekyll and Hyde situation. He's a fucking psychopath, and he's fucking, I don't know. It's weird. You gotta see it. Coleman Domingo is one of the best actors working in life today. Taylor Page is absolutely fucking incredible in this movie. She's doing a lot of subtle work on her face. I've never seen anything quite like it, from, especially a, a person who I haven't seen much of. Riley Keough? Riley Keough. Strange last name. Excellent performance. She's doing this like I don't know. Basically, she has blackface on in this movie. Really excellent work. They're they're just interrogating so many things about sex work, black culture, class. It's excellent. This movie is so it's so thoughtful. It's so vibrant and so alive. It has this whole sequence that's set the song "Hannah Montana" by Migos, and it's just the most explosive, energetic thing I've seen on screen in so long. I cannot recommend this movie enough. Go watch it. I'm glad I got to talk about these 10. I think that's about all I can do. My voice is going out. I just want to do a quick something. Check in with all my people. I'm sorry we haven't been on Instagram lately. It's been tiring. My eyes are tired. My head is tired. We got a lot going on. I'm getting married in a month. Thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging out. Hopefully this wasn't too much. We'll see you next week. I think we want to do Almost Famous. Don't hold me to that because shit is crazy. I'll see you then. Thanks. That was our Sunday edition of Film Slough. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Hopefully it wasn't too much of me. I try to keep it shorter than usual. You can follow us on Instagram at Film Slobbery. That's F-I-L-M-S-L-O-B-B-E-R-Y. Thank you to my friends who encouraged me to do this show no matter what. I appreciate the encouragement. I appreciate the listening. I feel so supported. I love you guys. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. You can like, subscribe, rate us, leave comments, all that stuff. We would love to hear from you. i love to know you're listening. Please do more of that. The music you're listening to now is written by Randy Flores, recorded by Randy Flores and all that. Good stuff. Great music. We have a lot of good stuff coming up. I hope you're excited. Like I said, we might do Almost Famous the next week. Sergio said he wants to talk about The Land Before Time. Hopefully that happens. Yeah, good stuff coming. We'll see you next time.